Welcome to the Get Your Donut Podcast. We're here to exchange our consumeristic Christianity for a life fully surrendered to Christ, and to never let our faith be as simple as grabbing coffee and a donut in the lobby. Let's do this. Well, welcome everybody to the Get Your Donut Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Reed. I'm excited that you're here. And before we get into the show, I want to let you know that today's episode includes a free resource in the show notes. As we talk today about a rule of life on the episode, I think it might be helpful for you to have this in your hand uh, as you listen. So go ahead, feel free to pause me right now. Uh, Click on the link below to get your free rule of life worksheet right to your inbox so you could follow along with the show and be better equipped to develop develop your own rule of life. Well, with that said, it's time to dive in. Uh, I'll say it. uh, Happy New Year, everyone. I'm pumped to be back on the show, kicking off the new year with you guys, uh, but especially with this episode. You know, a new year is always full of hopes and dreams, resolutions that last like 72 hours. Uh, And today we're going to talk about actually a specific practice called rule of life. I'm excited we're doing this in the beginning uh, of the year because I think January is a wonderful time to set up a rule of life. But what we're going to do is we're going to compare rule of life to New Year's resolutions uh, and talk about kind of the the benefits of of a rule of life as opposed to a resolution. Um, So let's start real quick uh, with the thing we know, right? New Year's resolutions. I think think that New Year's resolutions are like a running joke in my mind. And, And I mean that, no offense to those of you who keep your New Year's resolutions, but to the rest of you who make them every year and you don't keep them, um, man, why do we do this to ourselves, right? A new year's resolution is essentially like we come to the beginning of the year and we decide like, well, I want to accomplish this thing next year. And sometimes it's like, I want to be a better person. So I'm going to do this. And other times it's, I'm going to, you know, read this amount of books or I'm going to, you know, make this many friends or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. We, we make a goal in the beginning of the year, uh, to try and, uh, put our year on track for where we want to be. Um, They've been proven vastly ineffective. Um, the statistics on how often New Year's resolutions are kept and actually impactful are really sad because um, they just prove everything that we already know, which is that most New Year's resolutions are abandoned by the end of January and the rest that make it through January, most of those are abandoned by February. Um, and so really, uh, they're not super effective. They're not super helpful. Um, and And really what, what happens too is we end up with these goals for the year uh, that that they're around a whole host of, of things. And um, and I think some of us do a good job of we want to set goals for our faith. And so uh, we'll set those up as well. But if we were to think biblically about goals for our year, right, or, or for who we want to become in the next 12 months, I think... Um, I think three things. We'd, we'd have to think of, number one, goals that are going to drive us closer to Jesus. So goals or, um, yeah, I don't know, achievements that would drive us deeper and closer to Jesus uh, in our faith. Uh, number two would be goals that align us more with Jesus's priorities. So things that uh, shape our life around the things that Jesus's life was shaped around. And then number three, uh, goals that do not encroach on our walk with Jesus. So if we develop a goal that we're going to run, you know, every morning before work, uh, well, if that goal now takes the place of our quiet time, uh, that's, that's an ineffective goal <laughs> for, for obvious reasons, 
right? And and uh, really, as we, as we talk about goals, there's a lot about uh, self-improvement here that I'm not going to go into um, because we did this in, in our second episode, actually. So if you want to hear about uh, you know, how we might think biblically about self-improvement, self-development goals, that sort of a deal. You can go back and listen to episode two on self-improvement. We'll, we'll talk about that a lot more there. What we're, what we're going to talk about here though, is the idea of rule of life. And, um, really as, as I jump into this, I want to say that I've learned a lot of, uh, from other people on this and I'm, I've used a lot of resources from other churches. Uh, people like John Mark Comer and Jeff Bethke have been huge, uh, impacts, uh, or huge influences, uh, in my development and understanding of rule of life. And so if you've got further questions when we're through, um, just make sure you check them out. They've got some great stuff on it as well. But uh, let me first answer what is a rule of life because most people that I talk to, and, and I didn't know what this was until uh, less than a year ago, but mo- most people that I talk to have no idea what a rule of life is. And so uh, rule of life is essentially a, a working document that you uh, might keep Uh, that serves or acts as a trellis or structure for your life. And so when we're talking about rule here, um, we're we're not talking about legalistic rules that we have to follow, but we're we're more talking about how a ruler uh, defines what a straight edge is, right? A rule of life defines what an on-target life is. And so that's actually where we get our rule, our our word rule is from that same root of, of ruler, right? What defines what's true, And so we can set up a rule of life, which is a structure for us that defines what a true and on-target life is. Uh, It's a way in which we recognize that we all actually live under a rule of life, whether you've thought about it or not, or whether you've written it down or not. You live under a rule of life. You've developed rhythms and practices and, and habits that are forming you into who you're going to be one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And so rule of life really is a way of doing two things. First, it's a way of keeping our walk with God and our spiritual development at the forefront since everything on a rule of life flows out of spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices, and rhythms. And second, it's a way of doing it backwards. So instead of coming to uh, you know 2023 and saying, what do I want to have done at the end of 2023? We first think about the kind of person we want to be in one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, the kind of person we want to be then. And then we work backwards and we say, okay, what do I need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis now so that in five years, so that in 10 years, I become that person that God is calling me to be. And so it's, it's a much longer, uh, more committed plan an idea than a new year's resolution. And because of that, it's more effective, but it's also it's also more holistic. And so uh, when we talk about goals, goals are often achievement-based, right? They're, they're, they're about checking the thing off the list, right? Rhythms, habits, and practices are, are more formation-based, I would say, where they're more about who we're going to become. And so a rule of life is less concerned with the number of books you read in 2023, but it's more concerned about how you're going to become a more consistent reader over the next five years, right? Do we see that? So we might say, you know, I'm, this year I'm going to read 100 books, and then now all of a sudden our year's been about reading books and checking 100 books off the list instead of saying, well, I'd like to be a lifelong learner. And in order to be a lifelong learner, I, I probably should read. That's really helpful. And so I'm going to develop a, a rhythm of using my free time to read. 
And instead of trying to just finish 100 books as fast as I can and be done with the challenge, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be less concerned about the Instagram worthy post or number of books that I've read. And I'm be more worried about whether or not I'm learning and how I'm spending my time because I've set up the idea, the rhythm that I'm going to use my free time in a way that helps me learn. And so this is some of the things uh, that that rule of life uh, hits on. And, and really, uh, as, as I was reading in prep for this episode, um, this quote says, a, a rule of life serves as a gentle guide that keeps you trained towards God. So really to summarize it, it's, it's a gentle structure that we set up for ourselves that helps us keep Christ and God at the center of everything we do. I think it's, it's vastly rich. I also think it's really easy to get going. So uh, we're, we're going to jump in with how to develop a rule of life and what that looks like really, really practically in just a minute. But I want to do uh, just another another uh, few moments here on how we got this concept because uh, I think it's interesting uh, the, the concept of a, a rule of life is uh, it has a rich tradition in Christian uh, spirituality, Christian tradition, uh, specifically in monastic communities and traditions. And if you think about it, your your personal opinions and thoughts on the whole monastic lifestyle aside, that that lifestyle is aimed at keeping a walk with God absolutely central to everything that's done. And so those who submit themselves to that kind of lifestyle remove temptation and they remove hurry and they retreat to a place where Christ is the center of all and they practice things many of us have long forgotten like silence and solitude, rest, uh, meditation, memorization, all of which are key practices and rhythms to the Christian life. And so the first actual like developed rule of life that we know of is, is from uh, the desert monastics, which is a monastic community uh, dating back to about the third century AD uh, in Egypt. And uh, that's the first one we know of. The most famous one that, that we, we know of and that you may have even heard of is St. Benedict's uh, rule or the Benedictine way of life uh, that was developed for, for his monks to follow that they might obtain happiness and holiness through a balanced life. That was the goal, happiness and holiness through a balanced life. Uh, and that's that's as far back as, as it goes with the name rule of life. But I think you could trace this idea back to the beginning of time, really, right? So much of what scripture is focused on is stories of how people did or didn't follow God, and especially as we come to the New Testament and, right, Jesus promises life to the fullest. Out of that comes all these questions about what that means, how do we achieve that? And really what those questions are asking is, what's the best way to follow Jesus? What's the best way to keep ourselves centered on and focused on Christ? And so what rule of life does is it puts on paper how you want to follow Jesus. Not what you want to do, not what you want to accomplish, but who you want to become. And then it challenges you to remember that life is integrated. Everything you do is connected. And so your walk with Christ and the spiritual disciplines you practice in your spiritual life have to affect your relational life and your vocational life and your interaction with the church and the way that you share the gospel. And so we develop rhythms based on some core practices of Christianity that transcend our faith. And we apply that to every area of life so that our life is always God's. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, uh, as he's talking about people trying to separate their personal life or their professional life, sorry, from their faith life. He said, am I ever acting only as a private person or only in an official capacity? If I am attacked, am I not at once the father of my children, the pastor of my flock, and for example, a government official? Am I not bound for that very reason to defend myself against every attack 
for reason of responsibility to my office? Am I not also always an individual face-to-face with Jesus, even in the performance of my official duties? And he goes on, but the point is that we're always, in every aspect of life, an individual following Jesus. So whether you're at home with your kids, or you work in a secular work environment, or uh, you're preaching, or you're shopping for groceries, your life is not as compartmentalized as you might like it to think. And so rule of life uh, forces us to recognize our life is integrated, and everything we do Right? We, should, we should critically think about who we want to be in all of these situations because we're, we're not going to wake up one day and be a great evangelist to people we've never met. But if we've thought about how we would like to be a great evangelist over the course of the next five to ten years, rule of life might help us develop a rhythm or, or a practice that causes us to not use our phones in the grocery store or to strike up conversation with our cashiers or to remember people's names when we meet them or whatever it might be that help us develop in our capabilities to then share the gospel. But if we don't think about it and never set ourselves on course, I think we'd be insane to think that one day we're just going to wake up and be something we never submitted ourselves to becoming. Right, so I think co- common question uh, is right. Well, if rule of life is so great, Noah, why haven't I heard of it? Right, uh, and I would say the unfortunate reality is that most people haven't heard of rule of life for a few reasons. It, it challenges our culture. It really challenges our culture. Our culture, again, more on self improvement in, in our second episode, but it really challenges the idea that that uh, we should be setting goals and achieving goals and accomplishing goals. And right along with that, it challenges the idea of hurry. There's a lot in rule of life about rest and, and more focus on being than on doing. Um, and so in that, in that sense, it challenges consuming. Uh, it challenges uh, consumerism. It challenges just take, 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 take. It, it, it challenges all of these things that, that our Western culture is so submitted to and enthralled with. Uh, and it calls us to radically live uh, with something other than ourselves at the center and then to submit ourselves to that. So it's, it's so foreign to us to set up my life. So I'm going to put on paper a life that would put me not at the center, but would put Jesus at the center. And then I'm going to submit myself to that. In America, right? Like we, we really like our rights. and We like our freedom. A rule seems like something I shouldn't have to obey. Maybe it sounds legalistic to us, depending on our, our faith background, right? But this is a way of becoming who we want to be while keeping Jesus at the forefront and at the center. And I think it's a really useful tool. I think it's, I think it's an incredible resource uh, that we should all uh, at least consider making, especially as we now uh, begin a new year. So uh, as we jump in, we're, we're going to shift to kind of the practical now, talk about how to get started, uh, what it might look like. I'll also say that in the, in the show notes, in the, in the description for this episode, we have a link uh, to a free uh, rule of life template. So if you wanted to develop your own rule of life, uh, I've put together a packet that I think is really helpful uh, to walk you through how to set that up for the first time. And so if you want that, follow that link. Uh, we'd love to just send that right to your email. Um, but again, as we talk practical, um, know too that we have that resource for you, uh, totally free. Would love to for you to be able to use that to, to start setting up uh, your rule of life. So, so some of the basic principles here as we come to think about setting up a rule of life for ourselves. The first is that, uh, you just start wherever you are. Like there's, there's no need, uh, to, to think that this is going to require dramatic life change from you. The first is you just got to start right where you're at. It's better to start now, uh, 
in, in what might be an incomplete rule of life than it would be to wait and wait and wait and wait for the perfect opportunity to start a complete rule of life. Uh, right. And so it's better to start wherever you are. The second one is, is to make it yours. So if you get our template and, and it gives you the general idea of what a rule of life is to look like, and then you want to go and, and do your own thing. Like, I think that's great. That's lovely. They don't all have to be the same. The beauty of it is that is that they can be so different with the same idea. You can you can make it yours, totally yours, customizable, right? The third uh, is that it doesn't have to be pretty. I think sometimes when we engage in stuff like this or like uh, marriage mission statements or rule of life, like we're picturing the whole time like something I'm gonna put up on my wall, and so it's got to look pretty. Like we're we're not there yet. Let's, I mean, you can put it up on your wall, but, but don't be so concerned about it looking pretty. Like let's, let's get it functional and then you can go type up a nice little graphic for yourself, uh, later on, but it doesn't have to be pretty. Like, let's just get started. Um, I would say it's important too, for you to start with what you're already doing and then to evaluate. And uh, so that's, this will be walked through, uh, in that packet as well. But, but when we come to look at these areas and disciplines, which we're going to talk about in a second, which just we want to become aware of what we're already doing and then evaluate. We might find like, yeah, in this area of life, that's exactly what I should be doing. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, we might also find, right. Oh, I probably need to be more intentional in this area or something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's also important. As I said, we're going to walk through the rhythms and practices and disciplines for this in a second. Um, and we want to understand the difference between goals and rhythms, right? Again, goals are achievement-based, rhythms are formation-based, and so rhythms are, are lifelong-focused while goals are, are checklist-focused. Um, we're also gonna, gonna understand the basic areas of life we're talking about. So again, we're gonna walk through this in just a second, but it's important for us to understand those things, and again, can make it yours. You might find like, yeah, those areas of life, like they might work for Noah. I've got some other ones I wanna add, or I'm gonna take this one off. That's great. Make, make it yours, right? Because again, we're, we're gonna understand just the basic areas. We want to understand the basic spiritual disciplines. And then we, we want to create our rule of life. And then we're going to submit to it for a month and reevaluate, submit to it for three months and reevaluate, six months, a year, whatever, whatever you want to decide, right? It's a working document. And so, uh, whereas we might make a new year's resolution and, and get halfway through and realize like, man, this was way harder than I thought. I don't know if there's anybody else out there, but when I have to change my goal halfway through, I feel bad about myself. Rule of life isn't like that. Rule of life is, oh, this isn't working. This isn't making me into the person I wanted to be, or this actually doesn't fit uh, with, with the rhythms of my current life. So I'm going to change this. And that's great. It's a working document that we're going to evaluate and critique and, and shift along the way. Um, and then lastly, really important, a rule of life is not to be burdensome. It's not to be shameful. It's not to be legalistic. A, a rule of life, really, uh, think about it in the in the sense of a trellis. Again, this is really helpful for me. Uh, we, we put a trellis in so that a plant might grow in the most healthy and vibrant way. And so with that kind of structure, the plant is, is able to uh, is able to grow, is able to thrive, is able to 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 become a, a beautiful plant. That's what we want to do with our life. Is we want to give our life some structure, not that shuts us down and and makes us feel like we can't live, but a structure that gives life to the areas that we care about the most and allows us to live a life to the full and allows us to be released from the pressure and the more, more, more rat race of caring about the things that aren't actually essential to who we want to be as human beings, 
So a rule of life is, is really a structure that's to be life-giving. And so if you engage in this and you find like it's overwhelming and it's shameful and it's burdensome, then I would guess you've probably written a lot of goals down on your rule of life as opposed to rhythms, right? We want to develop a life that's fruitful and that where the structure is life-giving, not life-sucking. Um, so so let's jump in because here's here's how this works. We have areas of life. We have, well, I should say this. We have three goals. When we develop a rule of life, we've got three goals. And then we have areas of life. And then we have disciplines. And, and really what happens is uh, we achieve our goals through the disciplines in our areas of life. I'll say that again. We, we achieve the goals through our disciplines in our areas of life. And so uh, let's talk about the goals first, the goals of a rule of life. And I'm, I'm uh, getting this from John Mark Comer again, just to give credit uh, where credit is due. But the goal of a rule of life is to become like Jesus, to be with Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. So if you're going to look at why would I develop a rule of life? Well, it's, it's aimed at helping you become like Jesus, be with Jesus, and do Sorry, do what Jesus did. Okay, those are the three goals. We're going to become like Jesus uh, in his personhood, in his manhood. We want to be the type of person that Jesus would was. We're going to be with Jesus, right? We're going to abide in Christ as he abides in us, and we're going to do what Jesus did. We're going to uh, show love and hospitality to people. We're going to share the gospel with people. Those are the three goals of rule of life, right? We want to, we want to do those three things, and we're going to do them through Disciplines. And if discipline is a word for you, like a trigger word for you because of your faith background or something, you can replace it with rhythm or habit or practice, uh, whatever whatever works for you. But, but these are spiritual disciplines that run through every area of life. Again, so these spiritual disciplines help us achieve our goals. They help us become like Jesus. They help us be with Jesus. They help us do uh, what Jesus did. And, and here's the disciplines. Again, this is not an exhaustive list, but this is some of the main ones that we see in script, uh, in scripture. The first is, is, is scripture, the spiritual discipline of being in the word, right? So whether that's memorizing scripture or meditating on scripture or studying scripture or, or reading it, we're with scripture. The second is prayer, spending time with the Lord in prayer, uh, developing a healthy prayer life. Thirdly would be silence and solitude, retreating, Right away from the busyness, away from the noise, and into a healthy time alone that springboards us, right? And to be better uh, as we come back into community, uh, which is the next one, community. Living in in open and honest relationship with those around us, with our families, with our friends, with our churches, uh, living in uh, community on, on purpose. Uh, next would be fasting. Right, abstaining uh, from most often food, but other things uh, in this world, in order to uh, declare our reliance upon Jesus, uh, and and that's often paired with prayer. Right, we fast and we pray. We fast and we pray. Um, another one would be simplicity. Right, and so keep keeping our uh, lives simple from from what we fill our minds with to what we uh, own to what we buy to the amount of clothes that we have, all of those things. Right, keeping a a simple life is is a practice we see run through uh, the New Testament, especially, and then also uh, Sabbath is another one. And I know this this is uh, maybe controversial in in some circles, but what we're talking about here is, is intentional rest. Not, not Sabbath in the sense that you have all these legalistic rules to follow, 
but Sabbath in the sense that that because of Jesus's work, we can rest. And so we rest intentionally throughout the week. Uh, and then uh, it, as our family's begun doing in this past year, we intentionally set aside 24 hours out of the week to rest and worship. That's what we do for us. It's Saturdays right now. We rest and worship. And then uh, last one that I would add, one of the main ones is service, right? How we serve other people and the way that we approach uh, our relationships and our communities uh, with a heart of service. So those are some of the disciplines, right? Again, there's more spiritual disciplines out there. I know that. These are uh, some of the main ones in the, in the, the way of Jesus, if you will, the walking uh, in, a, in a Christian life. And those disciplines and practices help us <clears throat> They help us accomplish our goals of becoming like Jesus, being with Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And so those are the goals. Those are the disciplines. Now let's talk about the areas of life that you would set up on your rule of life, right? So um, you have a rule of life at the top. Uh, If you have the packet, this is what it says. On the top of, of our rule of life chart, you would have your goals. And then right below that, we would have, hey, these are the practices and the rhythms that are gonna help us get there. And then we will walk through each uh, area of life and we'll, we'll take notes on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, quarterly, and annually basis. What are the things I'm doing? What are the rhythms I'm under, the practices I'm participating in that are helping me become like Jesus, helping me be with Jesus, helping me do what Jesus did? Um, so the first area of life, uh, obvious one, spiritual this is our, our spiritual life, our direct spiritual walk with Jesus. So what does it look like for you to abide in Christ and for him to abide in you? And so you would write down, you know, what does this look like on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, right? And and you would process through that. You have the spiritual. Secondly, you have the mental, our minds, how, how we grow in our intellect, how we challenge our intelligence and use our minds. Are we critically thinking through things? Are we just mindlessly consuming? Are we floating with the current? What things are we doing that can help our minds? What what rhythms can we fall into that benefit our mental capacity, right? So we have, again, daily, weekly. What are the things we're doing on these bases to, to help our mental, uh, the mental aspect of our lives? Thirdly is physical. Our body, right? Oh my gosh, why do we forget to take good care of our bodies? The way we sleep, what we eat, what we put into our bodies, how often we exercise, why we exercise paying attention to how we feel and, and why we feel that way, right? These things are really important. I just uh, finished reading last year uh, uh, the book Lead by Paul David Tripp, and he talks a lot about in there how God has given you uh, your body as your like earthly vessel to carry out his plan for your life. And if you're not resting, if you're not sleeping, if you're not drinking water, if you're not eating right, you're going to be more limited in the ways that you can serve God. And so he talks about your body, not in the sense of, of like, you have to get super strong and look super good, but in the sense of God's given you this body to steward so that you might accomplish his, his uh, plans for your earthly life, right? So we take care of our body. That's the physical. The next is the relational from our marriages to our families to our close friends, right? What rhythms do I need to have in place so that I'm becoming a more godly husband? What practices do I do I practice in my friendship? Like, do I give thought to the kind of friend I want to be? Or am I just showing up hoping to get, get, get out of my friends and my family? That's the relational. Um, <clears throat> next would be the vocational and financial, right? So what, what you do for work matters. You've been put there on purpose and how you approach your work is talked about all over scripture, as an opportunity to be a light for Jesus and to show integrity and character and discipline. Not to mention the way that 
that we steward our finances reveals major things about our hearts. And so thinking critically about our financial health is critical to our overall growth, not not because we need money, but because Jesus impacts our money always. So that's the vocational and the financial And then the last one uh, is the evangelical. And I don't mean how you probably are processing the word evangelical. Uh, Really what we're wrapping up into here is how we approach the gospel and sharing the gospel and hospitality. Gospel and hospitality wrapped up into what we're calling the evangelical aspect of, of sharing the gospel with other people and opening our homes and our lives to those that we come into contact with. And all of those aspects of our life are integrated. And so while we might be more comfortable keeping the evangelical part of our life separate from the vocational part of our life, it doesn't work like that. Like you're called to be an image of the gospel and of radical hospitality in your workplace. You don't get to separate those two, right? Our, our, our physical and our spiritual are connected, right? The way that we treat our body declares something about about the way that we, what we believe God uh, created us, right? And so all of these things are, are integrated and they're all impacted by the fact that we follow Jesus. And while it can look different for all of us, what looks the same is that we're going to think about these areas of life critically, that we're going to give thought to our ways and think about long-term who we want to become over the course and years of sanctification. And we submit ourselves to that process in all areas of life. Again, this is not meant to overwhelm us but to free us up to accomplish what we actually want to do and become. And again, I'll say this, it doesn't have to be anything wild. I'm going to link my current rule of life along with the free rule of life guide so that you can see that mine is really not that impressive. Like I think sometimes it can be daunting to, to start. It's just best to just get something down, just to, to jump in and to start it. If you, want to, if you want to start working on what it looks like to live critically, this is this is a great this is a great way to do that. Again, download the the free packet and and get started. Don't be overwhelmed by thinking you're now submitting yourself to this crazy project. The goal is simply to just not go through life mindlessly consuming and doing whatever culture our phones tells us to. It's to, it's to pick up our eyes, to fix them on Jesus and then to ask what he wants from us in every area of life and rule of life is a, a tool, a really helpful tool in my opinion that allows us to do that while gently guiding and gently training ourselves to put Christ at the center. So again, make sure you guys download that free rule of life packet to get started on shaping your own rule today. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Your Donut podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard, rate the show and leave us a review that helps other people find us and it lets us know how you feel about it. I hope you have an awesome day and that you never settle for anything less than all in with Jesus. Thank you.